Well, hello, folks, and welcome to the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike, along with author Rick Salcedo, uh, sitting here in our sanctuary studio today, of all places. Normally, we meet in my office, Rick, but today we've actually got a table set up here in the sanctuary because uh, we are blessed to have some guests with us today. It's going to be a little bit different of a, a podcast here, hopefully for the next several um sessions that we've got together, but mm-hmm. uh, we are meeting with two individuals from the Hope Center today, and I'm pretty excited mm-hmm. about it, but uh, but Rick, I wanted you to, to tell me a little bit um, about how your week happened, Rick, what was going on in your life, any new books, anything coming out, are you working on anything right now? Well, uh, Pastor Roy and I are working on a, a new worship song, Oh, okay. and, and it's quite interesting because the week before uh, 4th of July... I was watching a service online, and during the praise and worship, I was inspired to start writing a worship song. And the Lord impressed me to give that to Pastor Roy when it was done to put it to music. Well, the following Wednesday service, he comes up to me after service and says, you know, you and I should do a song together. Ah. And I just smiled and said, funny you should say that. Well, that's good confirmation. Yeah, and then two days later, I, I finished up the song, emailed it to him, and then he, within a week, had it. Put the music. Well, that's so good. That's really. Hopefully, good. we'll hear it during a worship service. Well, that'd be so, good. Well, yeah. God. So that that's what was on my heart was just to glorify and worship God with it. And if if anything else above that happens with the song, great. Right, that's so icing on the cake. Awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. So. Well, good to hear. Well, ladies, I'm not going to introduce you. I'm going to let you introduce yourself. But we're joined by th- by two young women from the Hope Center located here in Portland, Tennessee. And uh, one of them is actually the acting. You're the director now. Is that correct? Go ahead and yes, introduce sir. yourself and, and tell us just a few things about you, your name, and, and a little bit about where maybe where you're from. Um, my name is Emily Broomfleet, and I'm the director of the Portland Hope Center Ministries. And I'm from Henry County, Tennessee. Okay. I've been down here mm-hmm. for about two and a half years. Well, good. Well, good, good, good. Welcome. We're glad to have you with mm. us today, too. Thank How about you, you young lady? Uh, my name is Angie Bandy. I'm from uh, Macon County, Lafayette, Tennessee. Okay. Mm. And uh, I'm an intern at Hope Center in Portland, and I've been here for about 14 months. 14 months. Mm. Wow. Well, good. Good, good, good. Mm. Well, f- folks, the whole reason why we're having this podcast is for awareness, is what we have talked about. And, and here at our church... Uh, at the river, we're going to be hosting a Hope Night coming up at the end of this month of July. It uh, really is an opportunity for the Hope Center to kind of share uh, things that are going on there, uh, things that they've been doing, what y'all been through, and so on and so forth. Just it's an information and worship night. I'm really, I'm really excited about it because yeah. I, okay. I think it's going to be a lot of people getting touched by it. So, but uh, but we we ask you guys to come in today because. I think there needs to be more awareness than just maybe in our community. Now, is Hope Center like a nationwide organization, or is this local just to here? Hope Center is nationwide. We've actually got, um, there is around 38 centers throughout the United States right now, and we hope to have four more by the end of the year. Now, are all these, uh, is, tell me exactly what the Hope Center is. Let's start there. Let's back up a little bit and tell me what does the Hope Center really do and what do they focus on then? Um, Hope Center Ministry is a 12-month faith-based um, discipleship program. So we um, take in men and women that struggle with addiction, okay. and we introduce Jesus Christ to them. And um, so for the next year, they're with us, and we're it's basically all done around Jesus. We just try to disciple disciples. Praise God. That's good, yeah. I, I think I've heard several people tell me, you know, they've gone through lots of 12-step programs. But a 12-step program that doesn't involve God in it and, and the salvation and the freeing blood of Jesus 
is just a waste of time. That's what I've been told by others. Well, so. can I say something? Sure, absolutely. You know, Mike, yeah. I've actually been through about probably about eight secular programs myself, and it took me. This is my second time. I've done the Hope Center twice. The first time I didn't complete it, but this time around, a couple years ago, I did complete it, and it is. That's what it is. It's the it's Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the difference. That's the thing that's missing in the other recovery centers and and a lot of people's lives in general. Now you just graduated out of the program, correct? Yes. Now have you had gone through programs prior to this too? Nope. This is my first time I've ever been to rehab. And so, what would you attribute it to for the success of you making it through it? Uh, God. Really? I know if I could ever get away from the places and the people I was around, that I'd be okay. And Hope Center is a place to where you can come in and actually work on yourself for a whole year and get a relationship with God. Well, that's pretty okay. Good. Without that's the good. without the distractions and the worldly fleshly things drawing drawing you back to where you're trying to get out of. Right. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. I can imagine that's probably got to be one of the toughest pieces of addiction is that normally you're associated with other people who are in the same position, right? Mm-hmm. In the same situation, same same addiction. Yes. Well, so almost kind of cutting free from that, I can imagine it could, could be quite a challenge yeah. too. I don't think I think most people in that situation it's tough for them just to pick up and totally remove themselves right. from that situation. So going to a center and like you said, just being isolated and then surrounded by the Word of God and and people who are you know have the same goals as you do, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 you aren't going to drag you back into where you're trying to get away from, right. um, is a you know it it's a necessity yeah. in order to you know have success. Sure, uh, our pastor calls it sometimes goofy people. Yeah, you know sometimes Don't. you just got to get away from goofy people, right? And yeah, absolutely. And I'm sad to say, but sometimes it's even in our own family. Right. I mean, that's, you got to cut ties with certain people there just to make things happen. But, yeah. but anyway, and Rick, please feel free to interject anytime mm-hmm. I'm going through here. I've, you got a question, cut me off, do whatever you got to do. And vice versa, <laughs> ladies, if you have a question for us and want to talk about something in particular, by all means, I want you to, to, to feel free to open up with that too, okay? So how long has the Hope Center been established? Do you know how long it's actually been here in mm-hmm. Portland? Well, um, down here in Portland, it's been here, I know, since... 2012 it was actually it wasn't in portland 2015 is when we come up here on highway 76 okay but 2009 we um had the hope center the women's center over in white house we were in a single wide trailer at that time so we housed really? six women in a single wide trailer and where was that where was this at over in white house really mm-hmm. wow and a lot of prayer and we had a lot of godly women and men praying for us that mm-hmm. god blessed us with his house over here yeah yeah, well, that's a big, uh, big step up, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I've seen your your home over here, and I, and and I'm sure it's probably still cramped, and it is a, it is a fair sized house, but I'm sure it still gets <laughs> cramped over there. But uh, yeah, well, that's good. So, what about nationally? How did it get started with that, uh, the Hope Center itself? Um, so we have a pastor, Josh Hanna, who founded Hope Center. He actually also founded um, the Friendship World Outreach Churches, which okay. have turned over now their Compassion Church, okay. the Compassion Church Network. Mm-hmm. He's over all of that. And he is actually the one that started the Hope Center. And he started it because he's seen a need in his community for recovery. Yeah. You know, I, I think that most people don't understand really how close they are to somebody who's in, to, in addiction. I mean, uh, you're, you're probably, pastor said in the past that, you know, you're four people away from anyone in the world. And that's probably true. You probably know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody who knows the president. I mean, if you think about it, that's probably real. But addiction just seems like it gets so close to home that 
I don't know that many people realize just how it affects not just you, but everyone around you in mm-hmm. that situation too. So that's good. Well, well tell me a little bit about, um, Rick, you got anything you want to check? So the Hope Center itself, you've been established for that long. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of curious to know what kind of success rate that you have out of the Hope Center. Is it, do you know that, that number by any chance? I do. Um, our success rate right now at the end of last year, I think it was a 60% success rate what? that we had wow. mm-hmm. and that actually is high i think secular programs hold about a 40 percent yeah okay so i think and that's really good that's really yeah. good that is really mm-hmm. really good i was curious to know you know the amount because you had just mentioned in your own testimony that this wasn't your first time going through mm-hmm. you know the hope center so i was curious to see that but 60 percent success mm-hmm. rate that's pretty phenomenal so the the 40 percent uh do a lot of them cycle back through again maybe you know, um, addiction, it, it's just different with everybody. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people make it back. Sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, I know since I've been down here, we've had a, there's been a couple people that's come back through. And I know our men's center over here in Cross Plain, I've seen people come back through. So I think a lot of times, I think when people come down to the Hope Center and um, they get that, taste of freedom through Jesus and through God and they build that relationship when they do go back out there it's not the same I know it wasn't for me mm-hmm. and you're constantly still either running from it or you start chasing after it and it takes sometimes sitting down or just getting back down into that bottom where you have nowhere else to go and all you can do is reach out to something that you know is going to help you and for myself it was the Hope Center because I mm-hmm. remember how I felt there mm-hmm. how life was there Things were looking up. I was seeing my kids and, and I think that happens with a lot of us that go back out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes just takes a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me about how, how did you find the Hope Center? What, what is it? I mean, uh, I've never seen an advertisement in a newspaper or anything like that for it. So, so how did you come to find the Hope Center? Well, uh, I learned about the Hope Center a few years ago. Uh, somebody had came to a jail that I was in in my hometown. Okay. And was talking about it, and I was like, no, you know, I don't think I'm ready. So I went back out in the world to do my thing, and uh when I come in this time, well, I was actually in jail, and God started showing me some things. And uh I just know at the moment that Hope Center is where I was supposed to be, because through this, he showed me some things about my son, and dealing with me on my addiction, and I feel like God laid on my heart. No, I know he laid it on my heart oh, yeah. that uh coming to the Hope Center wouldn't only save my life, but it would save my sons also. How old is your son? He's 23. 23. Yeah. So you, let me ask you a little, and if you don't mind me getting personal, okay. all right, and if it's too too much, you can say so. Okay. But, um, you know, I'm assuming with the year in graduated, congratulations. You Thank just you. went through the program, correct? Yes. So, um Praise God for that. Yes, praise God. You know, you said your son is 23. Now, how long were you in addiction for? Uh, I've probably been in addiction for about eight years, maybe. Okay. And, and this was your first time going through any type of rehab, right? Yes. So for eight years and stepping into your first place for rehab and coming all the way through to graduate, I, th- I think that's pretty <laughs> phenomenal, actually. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's a real testament, both to God's goodness and also to your commitment. Uh, on that, so I want to give you some kudos on that because I don't Thank know you. that uh, a lot of people would be able to pull that off and, and stick through it. So, by the grace of God, 
Yeah. Here. But with your relationship with your son now, have y'all made amends then since that's happened? Oh, yeah, we're good. Like, okay. uh, I have four children. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. But, uh, he's the only one. He's the baby boy. Oh. And, uh, he's the only one that fights and struggles with addiction like I did. And does he now as well? Uh, he does still deal with it some. He's not, since I've been here, I believe it's, God, like, using me to show him a better way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I know what God laid on my heart. And little by little, I see God doing stuff in his life. And I'll tell him, you know, that's God. And he'll be like, yeah. I told him just not before last, uh, better things are coming. That next morning, he texted me back and said, Mom, you wasn't joking, would you? He said, better things are coming because he got him a job. Well, good. Yeah. So he's starting to see the things that God's doing. Well, I'm happy to hear that uh, the Hope Center's made a positive change in both of your lives then. Yes. You're right. All these are seeds that you're planting into that young man's life right now. Mm -hmm. Each one of those is a seed that I'm going to grow through. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so that's good. Well, uh, tell me, is there anything particular that you want to tell me about the Hope Center itself? Is there anything out there that if you were going to say, I'm looking to go into a, a recovery program, Okay, Ms. Emily, I'm going to start with you. I'm looking to go into a recovery program. I know that I have a problem, and I don't know where to go, but I'm looking in between the Hope Center and I'm looking at somebody else. You know, why Why should I choose the Hope Center to come to, to invest my time into getting set free from addiction? Well, my answer to that would be I've seen the, the life changes. I've seen this program and what it's done with a lot of people and a lot of lives and I've seen a lot of lives changed and families restored. You know, I've seen mental health restored and it just, you wouldn't think putting 22 to 30 women in a house down there that size would work, but you know, God's all over it when it just runs real smooth. Yeah. You know, he's in it and it's just, we're just (laughs) surrounded by miracles every day and that's probably what I would tell you. Yeah. It's a life change. What is the, do you like having an official mission statement or? Mm-hmm. Our statement, uh, mission statement would be restoring lives, restoring families, and restoring communities. Okay. Really good. Cool. That's really good. And can you like, uh, share with us what the process is? You had mentioned earlier there's a curriculum. Um, yeah, if is somebody that, was to come to the Hope Center, yeah. what would be the process from them interested, you know, of, of participating all the way through tell it give us kind of like a a rundown yeah uh, like know what, we know what's maybe a, a day in the life yeah that'd be good yeah. like a day in the life at the hope center well well what well, well, let's start with the very beginning how would they come to you and what would be the process to be accepted because i assume with only 22 to 30 slots mm-hmm. uh, I, I imagine you probably have more applicants than you actually do have rooms at some time so um, how does this work well, we do, and there is an admission process that you have to go through, and we have an admissions team that actually does that. So um, it's on our website. It's hopecm.com, and there's a little three drop-downs that you can become a resident. Or if you just roll up in there and you're like, I need some help, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to sit down and walk you through that process. And there's a questionnaire you go through to make sure that, you know, we're a good fit for you because – Hope Center's not for everybody, just like there's a lot of things not for everybody. Sure. But And we just want to make sure that it's a good fit for you and, because we never want to discourage anybody by putting them in a program that they, they're not going to be able to get through. Like 
you said we have a curriculum, so they're gonna they're gonna need to know how to read and write. Mm-hmm. And um, do you want to tell them about our first phase? We're broken up into three phases. Mm-hmm. So if okay. Shul wants to break down first phase, sure. I'll break down second phase. Okay. All right. Our first phase, uh, when they first get there, for the first forty-five days, well, the first thirty days, they have like a self-reflection where they don't get calls or nothing. You know, they do their work. We do Bible study every morning. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, they do their chores. Uh, then they'll have four hours of work therapy. And uh, after 45 days, I think, is when they go into their vocational training. Okay. But for the first step, then, it's nothing about just basically a reflection time of just you, and that's it. No outside in- influences or sources or nothing mm-hmm. else during that time. Just you and God is what it sounds like that's, to me. That's what it is. It's a time for you to... uh you know how when you first start something, you got to get your heart in it and your mind in it, and it's just a time for you to self-reflect over your life and talk to God and, you know, try to get a closer relationship with Him. Would you say that's probably the hardest of the three phases, is the phase one? Uh, well, I think it's different for different people. I can speak for when I got to the program. Uh-huh. I was so happy and so thankful, like... It was just humbling to me. Now, I mean, but God dealt with me before I got there that I was supposed to be there. So some ladies come in there and they really struggle with, like, missing their kids or their parents or whoever. But I've seen people come in there and really be struggling. And it's almost like you can just sit back and watch the things God does in their life and them just grow just like where they're planted and just blossom. And it's just amazing to watch God's hand in something like that. That's good. That's good. All right. So then after phase one, we're going to phase Mm -hmm. two. Yeah. Like she was saying, hopefully by phase two, the little light bulbs went off and you can see the spark in their eyes. They're feeling better. Their health is getting better again. You know, they've got some rest in them. And so one other thing that she didn't mention, we do on our curriculum and stuff every morning our whole house gets up as a house and we put the armor of God on together and um, we pray over our breakfast. We do family style breakfast and dinner and stuff. So we try to incorporate being a family again away from our family. Wow. And um, we do devotions together every morning. And this goes on through your whole program. We get up. There's a year-long Bible reading plan. And so everybody in the center is reading you can read outside of that, but we're all reading the same thing. And then we sit down the next morning and we all share what we got out of what we read. So that's just something to help unify our house at that time. And we do that Hope Center wide. So we try to keep all things in common through all of all the Hope Centers. So if you walk into our center and you walk into a center across the United States at one o'clock on a Wednesday, you're going to walk into a group setting where we're sitting down and we're having a little small group. All the centers are having a small group. And in the first part of it, they're also doing a Celebrate Recovery. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. It's a 12-step program. So it's basically saying, I can't do it. God can do it. Here's my mess. Clean it up. And then turn around and do it for somebody else. It's just over 12 steps. So they're doing an inventory of their self, and they're 
getting all that stuff out of them and we're praying for each other and we're there to walk through that with them, you know, because a lot of us, when we're in addiction, there's things we've been exposed to that's happened to us that we've done to other people that we're ashamed to talk about, that we feel guilty about. And when we have somebody that's sitting with us, a sister that's going through the program with us, that's kind of been in maybe not the same situation, but you know, pretty much the same situation. Mm -hmm. And we're all on that journey together. It just, we're able to get all that stuff out of us. We're able to pray together about it, and we're able to find healing. So the second part of our program, we're still getting up. We're doing um, the devotionals in the morning. And then during that eight months of that part of it, we go out into the community. We've got three training sites that we go to. So our women will go out into one of the training sites, and they train during eight months so they're learning how to get back into the community and still keep up with their curriculum that they're working at home so we have a curriculum right now we're doing the story y'all know about that it's um it's kind of like an overview of the bible and how it just runs together into one continuous story Mm -hmm. it kind of breaks it down and makes it easier to understand for people that maybe have never never learned anything of the bible and then we do a relapse prevention we, um, Tuesday nights, we do a life skills class. So I know some of it, we do, um, money management. We've had cooking, just different little things that we need to learn before we get back out there with our families and in the community. And then we have, um, 10, 10 months, we go into our third phase. Yep. All ladies are real excited about the third phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, when you hit third phase, uh, the training sites that you train at, uh, they'll hire you full time. Oh, okay. Yep. So you'll start getting your checks and putting them up for things you need. Uh, you move out into our little third phase community house where you got more freedom. That's good. <laughs> yep. And if the ladies own a vehicle, you know, they get to bring them and start driving themselves back and forth. It's, uh, kind of giving you enough freedom to see if you can make it on your own. Right. And start getting the things you need, but you still got the accountability and people that you can talk to because there's always somebody at the Hope Center to talk to. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. So I imagine, you know, that eight-month stretch, it sounds like you're also introducing stressors back into life, right? Oh, yeah. So man, how to manage <laughs> those things. So that's really, I mean, some of those things are key triggers, right, mm-hmm. uh, for, for anybody in any type of addiction, as a matter of mm-hmm. fact. Whether it be just smoking cigarettes, you know, a cup of coffee, you got to have a cigarette with a cup of coffee. So I know that there are triggers in life. So mm-hmm. that sounds like a good time that you're introducing those and teaching them how to, to equip with that. That's really good. That's really yep. interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. something else that I really love about our program is like we, wherever we send our women. So if we're sending them into the community to do volunteer work or we're sending them out to do their training or whatever, they're going to go with a little group. They're going to they're going to have their accountability partners with them. We kind of teach them to always have somebody there to be accountable sure. for. And mm-hmm. I think that's just safe safe especially nowadays. Yeah, right. Yeah, that buddy system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, the the enemy, you know, like a wolf will try and separate a lamb from mm-hmm. the flock so that it's isolated and vulnerable and Satan does the same thing. Yeah. So it's good that you guys you know have that built into your system there. Yes, indeed. 
Yes, indeed. Well, ladies, I tell you, this is going to be it for for today. I, I appreciate you coming in, and, and uh, now, folks, don't go anywhere because we're gonna we're gonna continue on, and in, in our next podcast, we're gonna talk a little bit more about the personal side of it, and, and hear a little testimony from both of you about maybe how you came to the Hope Center and what it's done for you, and maybe a little background on this. So, I want to encourage you to to stick around with us, come, mm-hmm. join in next time with us. It's really been a good time, Rick. Uh, I, I think I kind of talked more than you did this time. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up. Can you uh, tell our listeners how they can support the Hope Center? Yeah, actually, you can um, actually support us um, online. You can go online if you want to give monetary donations. Mm-hmm. You support us by our location, which we're in Portland, or you could Portland, Tennessee, right? Portland, Tennessee. Portland, Tennessee. Yes, Portland, Tennessee. Yeah, because normally when when I say I'm from Portland, they go, oh, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. We um we also we always are in need of, and I know some people like to go on Amazon and send things out. Um, mm. Our address is 2104 Highway 76, Portland, Tennessee, mm. 37148. But we are always in need of like the one subject notebooks. Mm. Um, what else do we need? Feminine feminine products. Yes. Paper towels, mm-hmm. dishwashing soap, laundry soap. So in in addition to just mailing a check, they could also have these items, order them online and have them shipped yes, sir. to your location. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. That'd be good. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll put a we'll put a list of these items and uh, both your website address and, and a mailing address then in, in the comments section of our podcast. So if you go down there and look in there, we'll have this as well down there along with the phone number in case they want to reach out and get in touch with you thank you well so mm-hmm. all right well rick well, i think you got anything else left for today nope you ready for the the closing man it's our all closing you, statement my brother. all right well we thank you for joining us here at red river rising and we just want to encourage you to prepare your heart for the coming revival amen amen, amen. <laughs>